Hello, PolyM fam, and welcome to Talk Your Poly Off, presented by ilovepoly.org. This is your podcast for ethically navigating your relationships, your community, and yourself for a healthier and happier lifestyle. This is Bella Doll. She is my sunshine full of giggles. And this is Joshua Monsuda, the logic to my emotion and the chaos to my order. So now you know us. Pull up a seat and let's talk our poly off. Welcome back to Talk Your Poly Off. Hi, Bella. Hi, Monsuda. How's it going? Pretty good. How are you? I am doing well, recovering from an impromptu vacation. I know, I was there! Oh, that's right, you were. (laughs) So, what happened with this vacation? It's all a blur. Oh, man. It started out where, like, man, we were just going stir-crazy here at the house. And I know you haven't gotten out very much, whereas I'm still working short hours. Social distancing. We've been stuck at home, you more than me. Yes. And so I was like, man, let's just, Friday night after work, let's take off, let's go to the beach. But you and I both kind of came to the conclusion of, let's not go to our typical beaches. Sure, they're opening up, but there's going to be a lot of people there. We still kind of want to avoid people. Yeah. What can we do that's different in a new adventure? Yeah, and we don't want to be around a lot of crowds. We don't want to be around a lot of people. We still want to be very mindful of the coronavirus and not being advocates for the spread of it. Right, right. So I happened to have a friend who suggested a place up north, like almost the northernmost tip of Washington. Yeah, far, far up north. (laughs) We waved at Canada, literally. We did a little more than that, but we'll get into that. (laughs) Right, so you ended up finding Semiamu. Semiamu? Semiamu? never get it right it took us a day of being there before someone actually said it out loud <laughs> and both of us were like that's the name and we still have a hard time so it was this simiamu simiamu mm-hmm. resort yep up at blaine washington mm-hmm. we also heard that there were ghosts yeah we were told a couple of the floors were haunted in the hotel we were told that feet wash up on the shoreline. Right. And if you happen to do a Google search on disembodied feet in Victoria, B.C., <laughs> you'll find stories about this. And we were just upstream from Victoria. Yeah. So we were super excited. We were like, man, we've never been here. This is the furthest north of a trip we would take together. And there's like true crime and paranormal stuff. Let's go do this. Right. And you contacted the resort. They sounded like they had good corona mm-hmm. prevention practices in place. And they weren't busy. They didn't have a lot booked. They were willing to let us come in and spend some time there. Yeah. They were keeping, I don't know, a few floors empty. They were only renting out a few rooms. Yeah. Their restaurant still closed, only doing takeout. They were sanitizing like crazy. Even if we used an umbrella one night because it was a little rainy. And as soon as we come back in, they're like, just set it to the side. And they come over and sanitize it. Mm -hmm. They had the plexiglass clear stuff up on the counter. So when you're talking through face masks, and now there's also the plexiglass. And then they wiped down the pin machine for the debit card. So all these things, they were really vigilant about it. And they had a policy in place that... Not just the staff wear protective gear, but also the guests. So 
it seemed like it was going to work out just fine. Yeah. And then it was crazy. Stuff happened at work, and I went to work Thursday morning. Things changed, came home, and we were like, man, we're not going to do anything. Let's look at podcast stuff. What's our next episode and all these things? And we're just sitting in the office, and I get another message that, you know, work's changing up some other things, and now I've got a long weekend for Memorial Day weekend. Right. So I looked at you, and I was like, man, now I've got an extra day off. We don't have to wait till Friday. And you were like, great, let's go up Friday morning. Right. And then we got the idea, well, if we could go up Friday morning, let's see if we can't just get a room for Thursday night and drive up right now. Literally, let's drop what we're doing, go pack some clothes and hit the road. <laughs> let's see if someone can watch the dog and we're just going to head out. And we did. <laughs> we had steak in the fridge that we were going to cook that night. Mm-hmm. I think it's still good. think we're all right. We'll find out. <laughs> but like literally, we didn't make any plans. It was just, oh, now we can add a room. Let's go. And so we did. We took off. We took a road trip. We stopped a couple times for gas and food. Mm -hmm. That's really not that exciting. So we ended up... But we did make an exciting trip. We did. (laughs) An exciting stop on the way. One of the places I like to visit every time I go through Seattle, or at least some of the times I go through Seattle, is the Fremont Troll. (laughs) For anyone who doesn't know what it is, maybe Google it because it's pretty cool. The Fremont Troll is a giant troll that lives under a bridge in Seattle, just a stone's throw away from the geocaching headquarters, Groundspeak. Yeah. And they were closed, of course, but the troll is always there. And Bella has never seen the Fremont Troll. And I love the movie Trolls. And I said, boy, have I got a surprise for you. (laughs) So we swung by the Fremont Troll, and I introduced him to Bella, and we had a good time, took a couple pictures, and we got back on the road. It was so neat. It was like I'm thinking, like, there's going to be this tiny little statue in, like, this little park, and it's like, oh, that's cute. Let's go. No, he was troll-sized. Yeah, we rolled up, and we're driving under the bridge towards the end of it. And it's this giant troll with a Volkswagen bug in his hand. Yeah, that was pretty cool. We hung out there. We got back on the road. We drove up north, and we were getting dangerously close to the Canadian border. (laughs) We realized we didn't have any passport activity with us, but we found we didn't even have to go through Canada because we turned off the I-5, went through a little town called Blaine, Took a scenic drive around this lake, way out into this little peninsula (laughs) where the resort is. Yep, on the very tippy tip. Right. So we checked in. We went through all the procedures. We talked about coronavirus and how to prevent the spread at the resort. Oh, and she gave me a little um, s'mores gift bag. Yeah. Because they have fire pits on the beach with some benches and stuff. Yeah. And they were going to do a bonfire both Thursday and Friday and Saturday nights. Yeah, ever. And keep your s'more sticks and come back each night. And there was like a little Ziploc bag with everything you need for s'mores. Yeah. So, and then we didn't really have anything planned. We actually grabbed dinner on the way in because Mm -hmm. everything was closed except a pizza place. So we grabbed pizza and we came back to the room and had a couple pieces of pizza, went and did s'mores. When we're sitting out in the back of the resort where the bonfire place is... Mm -hmm. 
you look across the water and you can see Vancouver, Canada. I think Canada. it's White Rock is, I think, the town name. White Rock. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Which is just south of Vancouver, British Columbia. I like, it's see. still like a piece. I think it's like southeast of Vancouver. But you see Canada and there's like these city lights just across the river. Yeah. And it's, I mean, like, it's a, a swim to get there if you wanted to break that law <laughs> and maybe not make it to the other side. So, yeah, we had s'mores. We watched the water. We were trying to catch our bearings. There was a lot of water. And it was a long day. Mm -hmm. A long day where we didn't expect to be road tripping for a five-hour drive. <laughs> right, right. But it was a good time that first night even. Just getting in, checking in, yeah. and relaxing. They had a giant chess set outside that you could pick up the pieces with both hands and move the pieces. And, <laughs> and there was like nice grass. So the, the beach at this part of the peninsula is all rocky and seashells all broken up. And the sand is pieces of seashells. I know that's how sand right. is made and broken down, but it was very shelly in this, it was shelly. <laughs> in this area. So we were hanging out in the shelly area. <laughs> oh, and tide was pretty far out that night. You could see... No, it was up when we first got there and did up. s'mores. Okay. Yeah. And then we decided to retire to the room mm -hmm. and hung out and then did our first ghost hunt, yeah. which you can tune in to that by going to our Patreon and becoming a member. And you can listen to our ghost hunt activities on the Patreon. Yep. So we did our ghost hunt for the first night. Then we went down, got some sleep. Got up moderately early for the next morning and kind of had pizza for breakfast. <laughs> yeah, we had some leftovers. That's okay. And that's when we decided to walk the beach and we did some and beach And man, filming. this was like the perfect weather day. Like it we really, really was. just looked at that. Was that Friday? And while we're walking the beach, it's overcast, not super hot and sunny. But yeah. Just nice, not mm -hmm. super cold. Like, we've got sweatshirts on, but I probably could have taken it off. Like, yeah. just a nice walk. Well, and it's cool because our room opens out onto, you know, the, the land between us and the beach. There's a grassy area out of our door before the rocky, sandy, shelly beach. Right. So, we just hopped right out of our room, went across the grassy area got past the horseshoe pits, and went straight down to the rocky beach. And we're already finding cute little shells and yeah. neat little things, pretty rocks and stuff. And we're walking along, and we take the, I would say, the east-northeast route mm -hmm. that goes up behind the resort, and we crested around behind what I think is our cafe, but yeah, it was closed. the restaurant area. And we found a more beachy area that was less rocky. <laughs> Less rocky, a little more sandy. And at this time, the, the shore, the tide was out really far. So we could go pretty far down, whereas last night we would have been probably knee-deep in the water. Yeah. Yeah. It was out pretty far. Yeah. And then so we're walking around on all this wet sand, and we're having a good time. And there's various different types of shells out there. Just a lot of fun exploration. Yeah, it was so cool. And the rocks were all super, super, you know, they've been slammed by water and other rocks over time. So they're super smooth and pretty. And yeah. man, my pockets are filling up with all this stuff. And then we're walking along. <laughs> and then the beach pees on Bella. Oh my gosh. I took a step and I don't remember the first initial step. 
But man, I took one step and that shit squirted at me. The whole beach. I got soaked. Yeah, it peed right up at her from the sand. (laughs) And I was like, did did you just see that? And she's like, no, what? And we start walking around and we're getting these little fountains of pee coming up out of the beach. Little jets. And so we did some investigating and found that there's little clams digging into the silt and they're siphoning water out of there so they can dig better or whatever. But that was kind of a surreal thing. I've been to a lot of beaches and never once (laughs) has the sand peed on us. And it wasn't just like, oh, I got peed on once. It was, you take a step and you accidentally step too close to these clam holes and five of them shoot at your calf. Right. And it's like, what in the world? So then, oh, I'm getting peed on. So then you run a little bit further. Oh, each and every step, they're shooting at me, and I don't know where to go. And now I'm getting drowned in clam squirt. Clam squirt. (laughs) And this isn't just like a little bubbling up from the... Like, these jets of water are shooting three feet in the air. There's some force in there. (laughs) In those clam squirts. Like, it was reaching our butts as we were walking by. Yeah. Yeah, someone peed on my butt once. Yep. And I'm trying to lean down to take a picture, and it's squirting at my legs. And it's like, hey, you need to stop. I didn't consent to this. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Your butt got squirted on. Oh, we'll get to the other mm-hmm, one. Mm-hmm. So we're finding a lot of rocks and a lot of pretty shells that Bella is really liking. As I'm squeaking and squirting, like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> so we decided to run back to the resort, grab a bucket. We bought a bucket at their shop, and we came back down. And when we come back down, we come down between this old ferry building and, like, a boat dock kind of building. I don't know, it was storage or whatever. And it was wide open sandy spot. And Mm -hmm. we get to the spot where there's, you know, the the pier and then the the stilts that the pier is on. The pylon things. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm looking at the rocks, and I'm like, oh, there's a lot of shells in these rocks. And I'm looking even closer and realizing there's no rocks. (laughs) It's all shell for 50 feet. It was so cool looking. It was really neat. And so we adventured. We had a good time. We found little crabs, chased them around with our fingers. We would pick up a shell, you know, we're like, oh, this is like a huge, full shell piece. And you'd flip it over, and there'd be tiny little baby crabs inside. You're like, oh, sorry. And you'd put it back down. (laughs) And by that time, they're like, get out of my lawn! (laughs) So that was a good time. And then we were walking back, and we happened to... And we saw a jellyfish on the Oh, yeah, we saw jellyfish. And there were a ton of mussels on the pylon things. Yeah. That were all attached to each other. Oh, the barnacles. There the were barnacle live barnacle things. guys in there. Yeah. Oh, those were creepy. And we're walking along, and she finds these shells in the in the silt, in the dirt, or uh, sand. Yeah. And, you know, when you find one of these shells, and it has all the barnacles on top of it already, like it's been there for a while, mm-hmm. but all the holes are empty. Yeah. This one, they were not empty. There were these <laughs> little live creatures, like... <laughs> Hundreds of little worms trying to figure out why they're not in the water. It was so weird. You're, like, I'm looking at it, and it it's moving. <laughs> I was like, uh, is that moving to you? Right. Or is this just me? Yeah, so we had to get some video of that, because I've never seen that, oh, that was so cool. live either. I've always seen the aftermath. Yeah, right? it was like exploring tide pools, but with no tide pools. We were just yeah. on the sand. Yeah. So we got to explore a lot of this area. Yeah. And then... That was pretty much our afternoon. 
Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. There's one other thing. And we're coming near the squirters again. Yep. We're coming back the way we came. And I decided I wanted to see what's going on in these little holes. So we're bent over and we're crouched down. <laughs> I'm digging in these little holes to see where the clam is at. And I'm like, oh, Bella, look at this. And she comes and bends down and crouches down. And as I'm trying to get a picture of this thing squirting, it shoots a giant stream. I'm thinking, how funny would it be if it hit the camera? It didn't. It missed the camera. It came straight for my face. <laughs> straight for my fucking face. And so I, cat-like reflexes, turn my head to get my face out of the clam squirt. And sure enough, it drenches my side braid, my hair. She got it in her hair. It's just soaked. It's in my hair. <laughs> oh, the clam. Oh, man. It was so gross. So then my hair smelled like clam squirt. Had to go back and take a shower after that. But yes, it almost got me in the eye and got me in the hair instead. <laughs> so then we hung out, enjoyed the day. It was a really beautiful day. Oh, the so sun perfect. was out. I think we got more sun than we were supposed to. <laughs> My cheeks were a little red. Like, yeah. yeah, I definitely felt like we got some sun. And we decided we needed to get something to eat. And we were going to do a steakhouse, but they closed down, I think, permanently because of the corona. Yeah, I don't know. So that was a bummer. So we decided, well, let's go get a bottle of booze. <laughs> and then we will we'll pick something up while we're out. Yeah. Well, let me tell you about the story... <laughs> Of the bottle of the booze. So many adventures on this trip. It's so good. I told you, you could see Canada across the water. We had to drive from the resort along that lake drive and then into town right next to the border. <laughs> and we're trying to check our app, see what our, what our options are. We decide to pull over at the docks on the... If we're sitting at the resort and instead of looking up to Canada, we look a little east, we see docks on the opposite side of the water. Yeah, it's where the we had explored the ferry um, area, the abandoned building at the resort. Yeah. And this is part of, across the way, is part of Blaine. And that's where this ferry would take people from the resort into town to those docks. So you didn't have to make this 20-minute drive right. through the little peninsula neighborhoods and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that ferry hasn't operated no. in a long time. <laughs> there was literally, like, grass moss, mossy grass, growing on the pier yeah. where that ferry used to operate. And not just a little bit. We're talking... I don't know, three or four inches it of astroturf. <laughs> Mostroturf. Mostroturf. <laughs> so we went to the other side. We're checking it out. We're even closer to the Canada border. They have this peace arch, which is a beautiful little monument mm -hmm. right between the two countries. And I was like, oh, we should try to get close to that so we can get a picture. Yeah. That would be a lot of fun. And there's a really pretty grassy park right there. And then we're looking on the maps app mm -hmm. and saw, well, how convenient. There's an alcohol store right next to this park. So we'll go hit that. Yeah. So we go back into town. We hit the roundabout. And this is where it's fun. We hit the roundabout. <laughs> we drive halfway through. And then we get to three quarters where we're supposed to turn off because that's where the alcohol store is. Bella wasn't sure she was driving. I was navigating. So I'll take the blame on this one. <laughs> Bella wasn't sure that that's where she could turn off. I told her it was, but she's like, I don't know. So she was going to go around it. again, and I was like, well, just take this turn off. 
She's like, but it says it goes to Canada. I'm like, well, there's probably a way to turn around. <laughs> it's fine. Spoiler alert. <laughs> there's not a way to turn around. <laughs> so we go to Canada. <laughs> Without passports. And we're driving right into Canada to the Border Patrol. And <laughs> they are not impressed with these stupid Americans right here. I'm literally, so I'm driving and I'm in the right lane waiting for an exit. He said there's probably an exit. <laughs> There was nowhere to turn. And I was like, fuck, fuck, fuck. So we're getting up there and it's got all the lanes. You know, most of them are closed. One of them has the green arrow for the open one. And I have to dart from the far right all the way to the far left. There's only one car stopped in front of us. And I'm like, oh, man, like we're literally going through without passports. Bella's anxiety was out the moon roof. I've never felt anxiety like this. I wanted to vomit in the face of the border control lady. I was sweating. I had a headache. I thought my heart was going to beat out of my chest. I, he's trying to like calm down. It's fine. We're going to laugh it off. And I'm like, don't fucking talk to me right now. It was pretty good. It was a good time. I was laughing a lot initially. <laughs> and we get there and it's like, look, we'll just tell them that we took the wrong turn and we're stupid and we made the mistake and, you know, don't arrest us. Just send us home. To be fair, who puts the border at the at a turn on a turnaround, like a the roundabout? Uh-huh. How is it that they're just like, oh, one wrong turn and you go to the another country? Well, I mean, it's a roundabout, so <sighs> I think that's like three or four wrong turns, <sighs> honestly. Yeah, yeah. You know, to be honest, how else are they going to put a border somewhere? <laughs> so I think, you know, it was good planning on the institution's part. Right. <laughs> and bad planning on our driving part. <laughs> so we get to Canada. We get to the border. And the Border Patrol person is a very nice person. She was very sweet. And, you know, we answered all the questions. We didn't have any guns. We didn't have any alcohol. We didn't have any weed. It was our car. It wasn't stolen. <laughs> we do still have jobs. We just got turned the wrong direction. The people in front of us apparently did the same thing. They got inspected. We didn't. <laughs> so I think they took one for the team. Right, right. And right. I'm still laughing it off. And... The Border Patrol lady is not laughing it off, but she's understanding. She says they, they get it all day long. It happens all the time, and it's not a problem. Doesn't calm my anxiety at all. But you could tell it's a problem. She's like, geez, I'm just doing shift change, and you dumb shits are in here. <laughs> so we get turned back around, and she's like, just go back down there to American Customs. You're going to have to answer all these questions again. It's fine. Have a nice day. Yep. So we go turn around and we go back to American Customs and we get treated with American fashion and <laughs> they are really shitty to us. They were not as happy and nice as the other lady. Right. I mean, like, I don't like the stereotypes of people in general, but for that moment, it was spot on. Canadians, super nice, super friendly, totally accommodating. Americans, go fuck yourself! <laughs> <laughs> like... 
Okay, they weren't rude. They were just super short with us, very annoyed. And like, we're giggling. We're like, oh my God, we're so dumb. I'm so sorry. Apologizing like crazy. And I even try like, oh, apparently we made the same mistake the people ahead of us just made. <laughs> right. Trying to pin the blame onto someone else. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just not having it. And they're like, when was the last time you had a passport? How long have you been at your jobs? Grr. <laughs> right. So we make it through that with minimal body cavity checks. <laughs> and we end up back in America and we go to, a well, the one alcohol store was closed. Yeah, that one was permanently closed. And Almost like, like they moved. Yeah, and I'm like, wait, there's another one just down the street. And we have to do this weird secret bat cave entrance <laughs> into the parking lot. We had to cross this lane where all these truck drivers are going. And we pull up and it's a DFTA. Which is a duty-free uh, tobacco and alcohol oh, okay. store, I think. I don't know what a duty is. <laughs> well, spoiler alert, that's only for truck drivers. Oh, man. I go in there and I'm like, wow, this is weird. There's perfume and Pez dispensers and remote control cars and alcohol and tobacco. Strange. I'll just get the booze. So I load my arms up with a bunch of booze I want to try and I get to the counter and the lady's like... Okay, what trucking company do you drive for? And I'm like, I don't. <laughs> Why does that matter? The I Nissan just Sentra. Get drunk. She's like, well, how are you getting this across the border? And I was like, I'm not. I'm going to buy it and drive back into town. She's like, no, you're not. <laughs> That's not how this works. You need to be a driver going into Canada if you want to buy here. I'm like, well, shit. Like, how would we know that? We literally just Googled liquor store. Right. So if you're going to Canada and uh, you see a liquor store, it's not for you. <laughs> unless you're a truck driver. So I had to hang my head and do the walk of shame and put all the bottles back and get back out into the parking lot. And now I realize that the reason why we had to do the Batcave entrance was because this isn't a public liquor right. store. Right. So we go back into town. We find a grocery store that sells liquor. We got some takeout. We took it back to the motel. It was not... I mean, it was a great adventure. <laughs> it was not the least anxious oh, adventure. Oh, my gosh. Like, just the reason he was in the not-for-us liquor store alone grabbing this stuff was because I was trying not to die in the car. She was still having an attack. I was trying to get my heart rate to slow back down. Just trying, you know, ha ah, we went to Canada. That's funny. And I really wanted to enjoy that funny, adventurous, nothing no, happened she didn't. to us moment. No, she didn't. But I just couldn't. I was still dying. I was the one that was like, ha ha, we went to Canada. <laughs> and she's like, die. <laughs> so we may have got into a little tussle. <laughs> and uh, not a physical one. No, no. But evidence that Bella and Monsida are not always fight. You fight. navigated me into Canada! <laughs> so anyway, long story short, we go back, we eat, we drink a little, we take a nap, we do some more ghost hunting. Yeah. Uh, the ghost hunting brought another round of anxiety, which <laughs> I think that Bella talks a little more in detail. She still tries to play it down. Talks a little more in detail Again, at our Patreon. Yeah. We saved all the ghost hunting for that, because we are getting to a point here halfway through the episode. It's post 
listed for the $5 tier. So if you want to go check out our bonus episodes, and there's way more than just these ghost hunting adventure episodes, it's the $5 tier for our Patreon members. Right. And if you just want to see some pictures, we got some pictures yeah. up for the $3 tier. At any rate, it's added spice to the joy of Talk Your Talk. Yeah. So we did our ghost hunting that night, and then the next morning, we were kind of in a hurry to get back home. Mm-hmm. So we got our stuff together, we did some little bit of last adventuring, and then we took a long, fun drive home. Yep, grabbed, a, grabbed a final geocache at a rest stop on the way. Yep, stopped to get gas, found a bucket of Fireball, <laughs> the cinnamon whiskey, for those of you that don't quite understand. It's a big party bucket with a bunch of little Fireball bottles inside. I've never seen it before, had to buy it. <laughs> So I was getting gas at the car while he was in the gas station store and the gas finished and I pulled the car around and it's parked in front of the store and you know, we've been driving for hours. So I'm stretching my legs and stretching my back and we're about to switch him into the driving spot. And so I'm just sitting by the car, just kind of relaxing, waiting for him to come out. And next thing I know, Bella! <laughs> straight through the parking lot. I was like, oh, God, does he need help? What happened? And I look up, and he's got the most joyous look of happiness on his face, and he's holding up this bucket by the handle of it. Bella, Bella, I found a bucket of fireball! (laughs) (laughs) It's cool. You can't say it's not. It's cool. Like fireball or don't, it's a bucket of fireballs. (laughs) It was so funny. I think everybody in the gas station turned around. (laughs) I don't care. (laughs) So good. I just don't care. I live for the adventure. That's all it is. And so we made it home. We took some time to relax. And now we're here. Ta-da! So really, not only did we want to share our fun trip with you, but it brought up some things that we didn't originally intend to talk about on the podcast, at least not anytime soon. Yeah, we had different plans for the episode. Yeah, we had different plans for like the next dozen episodes. But it brought up something very big and something very important. And now we only have half the episode to talk about it. But thanks for listening and enjoying our trip with us. Yeah, we wanted to share those moments because I know that everybody is still kind of under house lockdown and... You're probably feeling a little bit like we were, where we just needed to get out of town for a minute, even if it had nothing to do with people. Right. And like other people, we took a chance. We went out and did a thing. We took very calculated risks, and we made sure to be mindful of not spreading the corona. Right. Or not catching corona (laughs) to the best of anyone's ability at this point. Right. But the thing that we want to talk about is anxiety. Anxiety with a partner just anxiety in general, one of the things that came up in our discussion, in our argument with (laughs) the Canada mishap, was that anxiety is a lot more present in modern day society than it has been in quite some time, if ever. Yeah. Well, and of course, I think Corona has added a lot to that. A lot to that. But thinking back to our Canada adventure, I'm just, I'm... So baffled. So in general, I think anxiety looks a lot like fear, right? Some of the way you feel, the way your body reacts to things, it's very similar to fear. However, when I'm scared because we're out ghost hunting, I know what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of being startled or something's going to touch me or I'm going to see something I'm not expecting. So I can pinpoint that as fear. 
Right. When I'm feeling anxious and I'm having this massive panic attack because we're driving into Canada, it's not even so much a fear. What am I really afraid of? What's going to happen? Like, there, it's not so specific like a fear is. It's just a generalized, unknown, I don't know what I'm afraid of, right? We're talking about it in the car and we're like, eh, it's fine. We're just going to turn around. We're going to tell them we're idiots. We took a wrong turn. No big deal. So why is my heart rate... 500, you know? Like. Well, and that's, that's the thing. And that's kind of what, what started this is in that car, in that moment, she says we were just going to say this and that, <laughs> but that's not what happened, okay? She was coming from a place of fear, mm-hmm. which is where anxiety comes from, and a place of overthinking, going through a lot of bad what-if scenarios, and it's accepting all of these what-ifs and accepting all of the fears and I don't know what's going to happen. It's the unknown. Well, it also comes too from a lot of negative self-talk where like I'm sitting there thinking about it and I'm telling myself the worst case scenarios. Right. My brain is spiraling and running with, we're going to be detained and we're going to jail and we can't get home. (laughs) Well, and honestly the body cavity search wasn't that unpleasant. Oh, stop. (laughs) But yeah, like my brain is going into all these worst case scenarios when really I have no idea. It could be like it was, the easiest little thing, no big deal. Right. But that anxiety, that pit in my stomach where I felt like I was going to throw up. Yeah. Oh, it was awful. And a lot of it comes from not knowing what's going to happen. If you're going to get in trouble, if you're going to get arrested, if you're going to get detained, and suddenly you have to visit the American consulate or whatever. <laughs> like, that's what happens is the brain starts going and going and going and building on top of this unknown. And what are the worst case scenarios? And the next thing you know, your brain is so full of all of the fears and doubts and scares that you start having an attack, like you can't function. And that's kind of what was happening with the Canada mishap. Yeah, absolutely. And you kept trying different things to help keep it light and, you know, calm my attack and all these things. And And I'm sure it didn't help that I couldn't stop laughing. (laughs) He was giggling like a little schoolgirl. This is an adventure and this is going to be fun. I thought it was hilarious. (laughs) It was funny. It was. And I wanted to laugh. And my body was just not having it. (laughs) (laughs) And then the reason why we're bringing this up is because anxiety affects us in a lot of ways. Like if you want to try to go out on a date with a new person or just get to know someone new or a social function. Right. Or like you're introducing a new partner to a current partner. Right. So the anxiety is something that's, that's really hitting on whatever level in your life that it's hitting. And this is where it's coming from. And So we decided that because of the Canada adventure, that we wanted to maybe take some time and talk about how to process or handle that anxiety in the moment in a way that doesn't become crippling for you. And if you have a partner who has a lot of anxiety and you don't, like me, Mm -hmm. how to better support your partner through this anxiety. Right. And so coming back to the Canada example, because that's what we're kind of basing this all off of in that (laughs) moment. (laughs) So good. uh, Like right now I can laugh hysterically at it. It was so funny in that moment. If I had laughed, I would have thrown up. I was just not doing well. And while he was trying his best to calm me, I wasn't able to communicate well with him for, hey, this would really help me if you did X, Y, and Z. Right. 
So maybe some of these conversations should happen before you're in the panic attack moment. Before you accidentally cross the country Don't. border. <laughs> or you take a wrong turn. <laughs> so I think for me in that moment, some examples of what might have helped calm me down. Well, we were sitting behind a car who was behind someone else at the booth. So we had enough time. Then the car in front of us pulled forward when their light turned green, and we still sat there for a few minutes while they did their thing. Building a huge line of cars behind us. Yeah, but there was plenty of time in between cutting across all the lanes of traffic and getting to the actual person that we had to talk to. So I think what might have helped... In that situation, instead of the incessant laugh, laughing, because it was funny, but not helpful. It was hilarious. <laughs> was trying to get some of the, um, trying to calm some of the fears. So instead of being like, what's the worst that could happen? Say, well, this is logically probably going to be what happens. Right. We're, we're probably just going to pull up. She's going to ask us what's going on. We're going to do a little Yui and go back in. Right. No big deal. Because my brain is running to all the horrible what-if situations. I need someone to pull me back down. Right. And I don't do so well at that because when I'm in a situation that would have given me anxiety once upon a time... I find a lot of humor in the stuff that I shouldn't. So we're sitting here and I'm like, we're going to get arrested. He's running through We're going through things. solitary confinement for three months. <laughs> There's going to have to be a Navy SEAL team coming and rescuing the Americans. Like, I'm finding it funny. I know that that's not going to happen. But it was funny to me, <laughs> not to Bella. <laughs> but yes, if I could have... Stopped laughing long enough to have that serious conversation. This isn't going to be so bad. They're going to ask us a bunch of questions. They're going to realize we made a mistake. I'm sure it happens all the time. And they're just going to turn us around and ask us to be more mindful. Right, right. That would have helped you a lot. <laughs> well, and then, you know, doing some breathing exercises on my own while I sat there. Just kind of counting down from 10. Big, long breaths. Doing the square breathing exercise that yep. we've done before. Mm -hmm. uh, things like that, that I could have brought my heart rate back down, calmed down, maybe not been in a giggle mood just yet, but I would have been so much better. Right, right. So knowing yourself well enough to know what would calm you down and knowing your partner so you can help them. Well, and that's one of the important things. Like if you've listened to many of our podcasts we try to encourage you to find a way to not speak negatively about yourself because we are all our worst judge of character and our worst, actually, we're just the worst judge. We are going to condemn ourselves with the worst punishment possible when other people would be like, that was really no big deal. Right. Right. And so a good way to combat anxiety is doing a lot of prep work before you even have the anxiety. Don't always give the worst case scenario. Mm -hmm. Try to find the logical explanation for things. Try to understand that everything's going to be okay. Well, and knowing. One way or the other. Yeah, and knowing what your triggers are too, right? Like, obviously, we didn't know that <laughs> a wrong turn into Canada was going to trigger my anxiety like that. Right. So you can't prep for that. But knowing what your triggers are in general, so that way you can have those front loaded discussions uh -huh. before a trigger happens. And again, 
we're not therapists, we're not doctors. Please take the advice of a medical professional if you've got anxiety on the day-to-day. Right. We're not trying to diagnose clinical anxiety. No. This is just what works for us. Mm -hmm. And it may or may not work for you. But it's one thing we can attempt to try to make things better overall. Now, when we're talking about this, we're also talking about, like we said earlier, it comes from a place of fear. It comes from a place of the unknown, expecting the worst. Not saying that if you can do a couple of little techniques, your anxiety is going to be gone forever. And I'm not saying it's no big deal, brush it off. That is not the case. It is a big deal, and that's why we're addressing it. I myself used to be racked with anxiety when I was younger. I, worst case scenario, the shit out of everything. <laughs> and my anxiety was through the roof. And I was like a lot of people. I'd refuse to answer a phone if I didn't know the number. Mm-hmm. I would avoid contact at all costs. I wouldn't meet new people. I was right. very anxious. One of the things that helped with that was getting shot and dying. <laughs> We don't recommend that. Yeah, don't recommend that. But the reason why I'm bringing that up is because I realized that even in that worst case scenario, after all the work was done, I was fine. And that's one of the simplest boil downs that I could give. Again, not going to fix everything. But that reminder, what's the worst that's going to happen? You'll be fine. That's one of the first steps in self-talking your way into understanding the logical side that has helped for me. Yeah. Well, and I bet two things, at least I would imagine, I'm not in your shoes, but I would imagine you can also ask yourself, what good would my have anxiety done? Anxiety wouldn't have blocked the bullet from hitting me. It was pointless for me to have even been anxious in the situation. You know what my anxiety would have done? <laughs> what? is it would have got my heart pumping faster Mm -hmm. and I would have bled out sooner Mm -hmm. and I would have needed a transfusion and it would have caused damage that might have been the exact damage that would have prevented me from being resuscitated. Right. And, I mean, that's the joy of going into shock. (laughs) It calms you you down. (laughs) But when your anxiety happens, your blood starts pumping, your endorphins start racing... Because you're going into survival mode. It's it's like fight or flight time. You don't need to get there. And that's what I was trying to explain to you at a degree <laughs> in the, at the border. But probably the wrong time to do it, right? Well, then let's talk about ghost hunting. Yeah. I really want to do more ghost hunting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love true crime and the paranormal. And I'm yeah, like, on TV. <laughs> but I also want to go find ghosts. I want to I want to feel something or see something and have chills run down my back and go, ah! I want that, but I don't know how to get there. <laughs> I think you're having plenty of chills run down your back, and I don't think any oh, of them were ghosts. Oh, no. But so, while we search for our next ghost adventure, I want to work on how I can get past some of my fear and anxiety around that because it's something that I want to experience. So why is my fear stopping me? Because you're afraid the ghost is going to eat your face off. Well, that's just it. What am I afraid of? What is going to happen? Well, see, and that's the thing is sensationalist media. And in this case, movies and TV shows and stuff, they're going to show you drama. Yeah. And scary things because that's what's selling the ticket to the show. 
But I've also watched stuff like Ghost Adventures, where you watch a whole episode for them to see a, a chair rock. Right. You know, so, not that that's real. But the real. build up. <laughs> uh? It is. And that's, I think, the, the feeling that most ghost hunters are chasing, is that, like, excitement build up right. to you it. Right, you want to feel the suspense. Chair. Yeah. Yeah. What stops you is in real life. The idea of what could happen if that ghost really does exist. And that's what I was saying. It goes back to the movies. Like, do you remember the movie 13 Ghosts? I knew you were going to say that one. Right. <gasps> that's the one that scared a lot of people because of all the different ghosts. Right? They could do bad things. Right. Here we go. And that's where the fear is. You're going into a ghost hunting adventure expecting the 13 Ghosts. Or Paranormal Activity. Oh, that movie's stupid. Okay, but it's the build-up feeling again, right? And then, like, she gets pulled, or, like, things get moved. Oh, oh my God. But that's the thing, is you don't want to relinquish control. You especially don't want to relinquish control to a dead thing that might hate you. Oh, no. Right? Don't so hate me. The, the fear that this poltergeist is going to claw into your skin, or... <laughs> Like, eviscerate your bowels or whatever weird thing what? that you've got. <laughs> that is definitely not on the list of fears that I had about these Well, it guys. probably should be because they do that a lot. Oh, no. <laughs> the reality of the scenario is, is that generally people who experience phenomenon don't end up being horribly murdered. Right. They just get scared and mess their pants. <laughs> Right? So bring extra underwear. Oh, no. And trust that it's all going to be okay. You know, you get a phone call from an unknown number. Most people just hang straight up nowadays. Yeah. We need a phone in our pocket, and we never answer. <laughs> it goes into that anxiety. What's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to talk to a stranger. You're going to talk to someone who wants to collect a bill. Right. Or you're going to talk to someone... Who, what, I don't know, tells you that it's Wednesday and it's 82 degrees outside. Like, <laughs> where's the scary part of this? Mm -hmm. It takes work and it takes practice, but not giving in to your fears and your doubts and your worries, not creating all that negative self-talk that pushes all of your hopes and dreams to the dirt. Right. Like, not giving in to that, not letting that have power over you is... Great steps toward getting rid of anxiety. Yeah. And so bringing that back into the polyamorous life, meeting a new person shouldn't fill a person with dread. Oh, my God. I mean, like, how many people have you met in your lifetime? <laughs> Tons of people. Five. And you're still alive to this day. <laughs> it should be exciting. It should be fun. That feeling, excitement and anxiety do both release the endorphins that make you a little vibrate a little, a little hyper. Tense, right? yeah. Learning how to acknowledge the difference between the two is a great way to choose your own adventure, to choose the path ahead of you, and to choose success. Mm -hmm. If I'm feeling that feeling and I'm letting it turn into anxiety, then I'm going to cancel the date. I'm going to pretend I have the stomach flu and 
I just, I'm just not going to talk to that person anymore. And I'm just going to ruin any chance I had at meeting a new person to have a new connection. Right. But if I indulge that as an excitement, I can logically go through and say, okay, well, I'm going to check in with my trusted people. I'm going to let people know where I'm meeting this person for the first time. I also strongly recommend you take a picture of you with what you're wearing right before you leave and send it to your trusted people just as an extra precaution. Mm -hmm. This is what I looked like the last time that anyone saw me. That probably doesn't help. (laughs) (laughs) In case I die and disappear. But it's a great tactic and it's a way to reassure yourself that people are aware of what's going on Mm -hmm. and that everything's going to be okay And this is some of my assurances that it's going to be. Right, right. Absolutely. In addition to taking the picture and sending it to a trust one, I would also even recommend turning on your live location to someone that you care about. Right? Just small things like this. If you're feeling like you need reassurance, there are ways to get reassurance to help you overcome the anxiety feelings and funnel them to excitement feelings. Right. If you feel more safe and secure and you know, not necessarily what's going to happen, but you know you've got some safety net in place. Yeah. It helps you let go of that fear to move, like you said, towards the excitement direction. Well, and I think that that's some of what it is, is that we don't feel like we have a safety net. You see the memes online all the time, the jokes about how, being an adult is stupid. None of us have ever signed up for it. Right. right? And this is, this is it. This is adulthood. And yeah, some of it really is stupid. And no, we didn't sign up for a lot of this. But here we are. And if we don't have a safety net built in, we can create our own. Yeah. And this is kind of where we want to get at with trying to help everyone, trying to help anyone who has anxiety at you know, a general anxiety level that the majority of people seem to have. Yeah. Ways to help overcome that to a degree in a way that the overthinking doesn't just stop any progress you have at trying to be successful in life and love and dating. Definitely. So what are some tips? What would you say has helped when meeting a potential meta or meeting a potential new partner? Not just meeting up with friends and they're going to introduce you to new people, but when it's a possible love interest or a meta. Well, first off, I think that a lot of this comes from insecurities. These Mm -hmm. anxieties are going to come from insecurities. I'm not good enough. Or that person's going to be better. Or I'm going to have to watch the NRE and I'm going to lose them through NRE. These things. For me, some of the things that I've done to help get over that feeling is to remind myself right before, a couple of days before, as soon as I find out that I'm going to meet this person, I'm good enough. I'm great who I am. You're with me for a reason. We'll Mm -hmm. just use us for as the example. You're with me for a reason, and a new person's not going to change that. Right. You're you're still going to have NRE. You're still going to float on cloud nine over this other person. They're going to have different qualities that you enjoy or even some of the same ones that you enjoy. And that's okay. I try to really not compare Mm -hmm. because when you compare, you start overthinking, you start overthinking, you start building worst case scenarios, you start building worst case scenarios, the anxiety kicks in. It's my Canada trip. It's your Canada trip, Mm -hmm. right. 
realize it's all going to happen the way it's going to happen. Like this, this sounds like, I don't know, people might think, oh, Monster, you're not really taking this seriously. I 100% am. These are some of the ways that I personally have gotten through anxiety in my life. If it doesn't kill me, it'll be okay. And that's something I've used in a lot of scenarios yeah. and been just fine. Yep. And again, if it doesn't work for you, that's okay. Won't work for everyone. So maybe you can find some other tools that will work for you. This is just an option. Right. Just something we wanted to talk about because of some of the anxieties that we encountered <laughs> on our trip. Did you encounter any anxiety on the trip? I did when I had to do the walk of shame at the duty-free tobacco <laughs> and alcohol store. Duty. But um. <laughs> I had anxiety. Like I, I, I went up and she's asking me these questions and, and I'm thinking, why is this relevant? What's going on here? Right. What have I done wrong? And that's where mine usually kicks in. What have I done wrong? Mm-hmm. And I took the time to be like, well, I fucked up. Cool. It's a little embarrassing. Worst that's going to happen is I'm going to leave and they're going to be like, can you believe that dumb shit? Right, right. Big deal. These strangers that you don't know and you'll never see again. Yeah. So I put my stuff away, endured the humiliation that I was feeling that I probably didn't need to because just like the border patrol person, they probably experienced this more than once. Right. I mean, we didn't make up a route to get there. There was a road that we drove on to yeah. get there. Sure, it was this weird back way and we had to like cross the truck lane, <laughs> but it existed and we just stumbled upon it. So I'm sure other people have too. Yeah. Yeah. And I probably would have had a lot of anxiety going to the border, border? if I haven't already done years worth of reprogramming my my thought process right. and reprogramming and understanding what the difference is in these feelings because anxiety and excitement do feel so much alike that if you're not paying attention to it it's easy to mistake the two we could have been feeling the exact same thing you just went the excitement route and yeah. you were giggles and you're like oh this is an adventure no matter what happens and i was like we're gonna die <laughs> well see and that's the thing i've already died yeah. So most things, I'm like, fuck it, let's do it. You know? <laughs> and and some people don't. Some people haven't experienced that unknown. Right. And I'm not saying to go experience that unknown. Because it's not all it's cracked up to be. <laughs> but it was a surefire way to help me get past a lot of overthinking and anxiety. Right, right. But with that said, whole other episode, it sure implanted a lot of things I had to destroy and rewire for years. Yeah, I bet. From one previous dead person to all of you, <laughs> what's the worst that can happen? I mean, you'll be fine. When I think about this, when I see this, I know that there's a lot of medical and clinical and psychological ways of going about this, but this was a hard lesson I learned in my life, and it has worked out pretty well. Right. So... In addition to the medical and the clinical and the psychological work that needs to go into stuff like handling anxiety, take it from experience also. Here I am. It's not that bad. Everything's going to be fine. Answer that phone call. Accidentally cross... No, don't. <laughs> <laughs> and learn to trust your partner when they tell you it's fine. Yeah. That's hard to do. Absolutely. But it's worth it. Oh, you're worth it. No, you. No, you. Okay. 
That's enough. It's <laughs> enough mush for now. Whatever it takes, it's not going to happen right away. Spend the time, do the work. You're going to fall. You're going to pick yourself back up. It's fine. It's all fine. We're all human and we're all going to have these feelings now and then. They're going to come up with different circumstances. But if you arm yourself with some of these tools and some of the examples that might work for you, maybe it'll be a little less anxious next time. Yeah. And use everything we talked about in this podcast in addition to whatever your therapist is saying and, and what, you know all of the medical stuff that you need to. So that you can increase your chances of success. Exactly. And don't use it instead of, but in addition to. <laughs> we're trying to help out, not take over. <laughs> yeah. So really, I mean, that comes down to our anxiety trip. What was your favorite part about this whole trip? I still think it was the Canada crossing. That was your favorite part. I think so. It, it was <laughs> the part that caused us a fight. <laughs> but that's still your favorite part. Because, like, when is that ever going to happen again? We are never going to make the wrong turn on a roundabout that says U.S.-Canada border crossing. <laughs> true, true. We will never accidentally stumble into Canada again because we're going to be hypervigilant looking for that shit. Yeah. So it's an experience that can never be duplicated. Once in a lifetime. So in a way, it was a little bit of experience for you on overcoming anxiety because you had to go through it. And you came out on the other side, and yet you were still okay. Yeah, I was more than okay. It's fucking funny. And we get to laugh at it now forever. <laughs> it was a good time. In the moment, I thought I was going to die. Clearly, I didn't. I calmed myself down eventually. And now we're laughing. And it yeah, was a good time. It really was. It was a lot of fun. And years from now, we're going to forget that it caused a fight. We're going to forget that it was a problem, and we're just going to remember, oh my god, that was such a fun experience. Right, right. And that's the cool part about it, mm -hmm. and that's one way to help start and understand the excitement versus the anxiety. Right. So now, let's go have some more exciting adventures. Let's do it. Okay. So we're going to go do that. We're probably not. We're probably going to go cook some dinner. That steak. That, that could be an adventure if it's not good anymore. Right, and that could kill us. That <laughs> Now I'm anxious. <laughs> well, let's go tackle that anxiety <laughs> with dinner. Thanks for tuning in, Polyam fam. Uh, we hope that you appreciate the anxiety discussion and hope you enjoyed us sharing our adventure with you. Yep. So find your own adventure. And be safe about Choose it. Choose excitement. And we will see you next Tuesday. Bye now. Thank you for talking your poly off with Bella and Monsina. You can find our Facebook page in the links or by searching for I Love Polly and liking the page Polyamory Get Your Heart On. You can also find I Love Polly on Instagram and Twitter by searching I Love Polly Cares. If you want us to help you navigate to all of our online presence, check out the show notes or come on over to ilovepolly.org. We would love to hear from you. That's right. And you can get in touch with us by emailing podcast at ilovepoly.org. That's singular podcast, not plural. So until our next discussion, Polly and fam. Live like there's no tomorrow. Laugh until it hurts. And, and love, love without, without limits. limits.